Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Welcome, everybody, to episode 103 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Sousa, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, where he's from every call is long distance. It's Grant Youngsma. What's up, Grant? Not too much, Phil. We're entering the my one of my favorite weeks of the season, end of the year. Christmas week. Christmas week, yeah. Yeah. Is it about Christmas, or is it just about having some time off, or just everything? Everything. Um... I love time with family. Um, being off school is awesome. and But the biggest thing is everybody's just kind of happier during this week. I agree. Yeah, it, it is nice. I, you know, even complete strangers, you see them, you know, walk on the street where it's like, hey, Merry Christmas or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I went, when I was just a, about an hour ago, I was at a coffee shop in downtown uh, Springfield where we're near where we're from. And, um, you know, said goodbye to the, the guy that owned the coffee place. You know, we had a little chit chat. I talked about how much I liked the, the cinnamon rolls that he made. And <laughs> I, I said, Merry Christmas. He said, Merry Christmas to me back. So yeah, it is, it is that time of year. It so, is. Um, cool. Well, uh, it's also the time of year that we, uh, talk about, uh, Christmassy movies mm-hmm. and we're going to be doing that later in the show talking about the uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas movie that I had never seen um, from late 90s. Yeah. I forgot to write down the year, but late 90s sounds right. Um, and of course, we're going to be talking about Hawkeye. We're catching up a little bit. Um, I don't want to make a big deal out of this. Um, it's It wasn't even my family, but um, we did not record last week, uh, mainly because we had a death in, in the family. Um, I'll just kind of mention that, just kind of explain what happened last week. But um, it was my wife's grandmother, so not my grandmother, but uh, still sad. And um, obviously, we wanted to be there for my wife and, and her mom. Uh, it was her, her my wife's mom's mom. Um, and so, um, you know, we were there for... Uh, my mother-in-law, you know, as she was grieving and stuff like that. So, um, you know, obviously wanted to, to take, we tried to work around the, um, you know, my wife being there to, to see her grandmother and talk to her, you know, just literally hours before she died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also the funeral and stuff like that. But it was, it was too tough. Like there was just a lot going on swirling around family stuff the whole week last week. So that's what, that is why we didn't record. But, um, my wife is, is doing, uh, much better. I, I think, you know, just, takes some time just to kind of let that sting kind of wear off. And I think she's starting to bounce back already. So, um, appreciate, uh, letting us take that that week off next week or last week. But, um, uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, two episodes of Hawkeye because of that. Um, we, we skipped a a week. So, uh, Hawkeye episodes four and five, and we 
are going to do another, uh, probably uh, just one uh, buddies review <laughs> from our friend Rick Ives. We'll we'll we've got two. He's sending two Santa ones, and I'll split them up. So we'll actually do one episode here uh, after Christmas as well. But um, but yeah, one, one of those reviews as well here in a second. But we like to start with Disney Plus news of the week. Uh, Grant, what did you see of interest this last week? Well, um, this isn't directly related to disney plus but it is to the uh monopoly that is disney (laughs) and it it's not every day you see two giant corporations go to war and what i'm talking about is the debate between youtube tv and disney so basically what we got this week was a standoff between Google and Disney and Disney basically told Google that if they didn't re receive good enough compensation for their networks, they were just going to pull them from YouTube TV and they weren't going to have them. So around 11 o'clock last Friday night, they just pulled them. Yeah. And we were without the Disney uh, channels, which is Disney, ESPN, ABC, and so forth, about 17 channels. And we were without them for about 36 hours or so. Yeah. And they're, they're back now, yep, right? They are back now. That, and that, so, okay. So first of all, YouTube TV, I mean, I don't know what the numbers are as far as like sling and like all the competitors and stuff. You have to imagine YouTube TV is probably number one or. Pretty, oh, you would pr- think so. I mean, pretty close, like number one or number two. So for them to like, I mean, literally go to war with Disney yeah. over, I'm sure pricing, are, you know, what cut they receive, Google receives or whatever, I'm sure was at the heart of the deal. But dude, like watching those channels just literally disappear from YouTube TV because I use YouTube TV as well. It's crazy. Like, yeah. I, like this, these are like staples of, have been staples of like cable television for decades. And it, yeah, I mean like, ABC, I mean, everything, everything that Disney owns, ESPN, ABC, it's just all gone. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. so weird, man. Um, and there was no, for a while there, there was no sign of, you know, we all got emails from, from YouTube TV saying like, hey, if, if we don't, if we don't re- reach an agreement by December 17th, these channels are going away. And yes, we'll take 15 bucks off your bill every month because you won't have these channels anymore. But like, there's no, there's no date in sight. There's no light yeah. at the end of the t- tunnel of when these will ever come back, if ever. So for a while there, you and I were kind of having a discussion, just the two of us, of what, what if they never come back? Like, what if there's, what, what if this is the moment that, and it turned out not to be the case, but for a while there, for like 36 hours, what if this is the moment where Disney says no more cable? Yeah, we were, um, both of us were literally looking for different streaming services that we could replace Disney plus with. And it was one of those, or not Disney plus YouTube TV. Yeah. Yeah. And it was one of those situations where we were just like, well, this could be the end. Yeah. And not sure what streaming service is out there, but we may need to look for, new streaming services because I don't know about you, but there, there is only so long I can go without ESPN. 
And I may have a problem, but I mean, it's just one of those things where like without ESPN and that all those networks, it's just kind of like, I don't know. And we were, Caitlin and I were even kicking around the idea of getting an antenna. (laughs) And it's just stuff like that where you're just like, but then... We were at Silver Dollar City last night, which for those of you that don't know, it's a theme park in Branson, Missouri. And then we got an email saying that all had been restored. Yeah, all is right, right in the world. But the real question is, how much do you think Google had to give Disney? That is the real question. Yeah, I. It's so I would love to know the story, like for someone to write a book on, you know, in five years about this whole saga between them. Um, cause YouTube has done this with other channels recently. Like Fox was a, yep. a big thing for a while, um, where they just were like, they're just not willing to budge. So I, I wonder who in the game of chicken, yeah, who, who was the one to actually, um, you know, to give, give up or whatever. I, I wonder if it's not just both of them kind of had to give <laughs> yeah. more than what they wanted and they had to come to come some, some kind of a compromise, but think about it. Like, I mean, if you're Google, yeah, you're sending out an email that's basically kind of a shot across the bow at Disney, mm-hmm. right? Um, throwing them under the bus. But at the same time, like you wouldn't have been the only one. There would they would have lost millions of customers. Yeah, of people that are like, okay, like ESPN Sports, uh, Disney Channel for my kids, ABC. Like, was the local ABC channels just gone? Yep. I mean, all the all the all your favorite ABC shows, like, and we're talking. They would have lost a lot you, of customers. You literally couldn't. Anything that you saved in your library was gone. Yeah. Yeah. And is it all, everything I saved is, is back, I guess. I haven't, I haven't really looked. checked <laughs> since then, but I would assume it's back. Yeah. But it's just one of those things where like, um, one of the big shows that Caitlin and I have been watching recently is The Bachelorette and oh, yeah. uh, the season finale is tomorrow. We're recording on Monday. And Caitlin's just like, Grant, I have to know who wins. <laughs> and so, I mean, we were... That's the antenna. Yeah. And we were also... We did a week trial with Fubo TV just so we would have something. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. But, I mean, I feel like the reason we're talking about this news story is... I mean, it's just talking about the influence that Disney has... On this world. Yeah. I also want to talk about the price. So like when, when again, when for two days or whatever, where you couldn't get anything Disney, YouTube TV legit dropped their price. Like, Mm -hmm. so it was $65 a month. They were like, we're okay. We're taking away a lot of content from you guys, from our our subscribers. So we're going to drop the price down to $50 a month. And I texted, I texted Grant. I said, wow, think about that. The, the Disney-owned channels, all of ESPN, ABC, Disney uh, Channel, Disney Junior, those, you know, anything that's, that Disney touches, basically, that's on cable t- TV uh, or local TV, is is literally worth, like, 20% of, of the money that they bring in. Mm-hmm. Uh, a full 15, or no, uh, uh, a little less than 20%, $15 out of $65 is how much they thought that that content was worth. That's crazy. It is. 
For sure. I mean, I know ESPN has a lot of content and a lot of channels. Like, I understand it's more than two channels or more than four channels. But think about, like, there's, there, I mean, there's 70 or 80 other channels. Like, yeah. I'm thinking, like, Comedy Central and, like, you know, Hallmark Channel. Like, all these other channels, sci-fi. And none of those channels are worth nearly yeah, and what I, these other ones are I worth. I think we talked about it. And I think I told you there were 17 channels. So, you're almost talking okay. about that. Those channels were almost worth a dollar a piece. Wow, that's that's a lot. Yeah, per household. I mean, I, you multiply it out by the number of people that subscribe to YouTube TV, and that's a lot of dollars per month. And you're mainly talking about, I mean, the main ones are ESPN, Disney, and ABC. Yeah, but I mean, it's just like I don't know. So I mean, I think TV's here to stay. I think cable TV's here to stay. I mean. Uh, you know, Cox and all the cable providers of the world and stuff like that, Mediacom around us, you know, they're not going away anytime soon and they're mm-hmm. going to continue offering these channels as long as Disney will play ball. But I honestly, there was a moment where I was like, this could be, this literally could be it. Like we yep. could be watching just the end of live Disney programming. And, um, and I honestly think that it will eventually come to that where sure. you'll only be able to get those channels from and it'll probably be hulu you'll only be able to get it from hulu right watch it live on hulu as it as it releases um because at this time disney correct me if i'm wrong disney owns hulu right so i think i mean i don't know when it's going to happen but there will be a time where the only streaming service you can get the disney channels from will be hulu yeah yeah, my when it when it got restored back, my first question was like, okay, it's back, but for how long? Mm-hmm. And l- like you just said, you don't know, you know, when that's going to take place. Um, I I honestly I would not be shocked at all if it happens in the next three to five years. Yeah, like, I I don't think I don't think in the twenty thirties we're going to be watching the Disney Channel on television. Like I just don't I just don't see that happening. Like why would they do that? They they can go direct to consumers through a paid subscription service, like they can basically cut out the middleman yeah. and charge, maybe even charge more, you know, $9, $10 a month. And they get all of that money. They don't have to share it with anybody. They don't share it with Sling. Mm-hmm. They don't share it with YouTube. So <laughs> it's, I mean, the writing has been on the wall since Disney plus launched a couple of years ago, but there was that glimpse of just, a, just a, for a couple days there this last weekend where I was like, Oh my, <laughs> like, is it happening right now? So yeah, it was pretty wild. Um, any other thoughts on, on that whole thing? No, not really. I, I almost wonder if we're, we're going to see more, like it, maybe not from Google, but from Sling and um, some of the other ones I'm blanking on right now. Oh, FUBU was one of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, will the FUBU story come out in February? You know, they just keep piling on and like, you know, Disney keeps saying like, hey, we want more money. We want more money. And guess what? If you don't give us this money, we're leaving. <laughs> like we're taking our content and we're going home. So... They kind of, they certainly hold all the cards when it comes to you know people wanting to watch their stuff. So, um, yeah, Hulu and Disney Plus. I mean, it, it's it's internet is just getting more and more accessible, um, especially with like some of the satellite technology that's mm-hmm. come out this year. That I, I don't know. I I just don't. I don't know that they're going to be really making a whole lot of people mad if they just don't offer it on on actual like terrestrial television anymore. So yeah. Interesting story. Yeah, that that was kind of like the only main story we wanted to talk about this week because it was a huge story. And even though it's a, a Disney Plus 
the Disney Plus service adjacent of a story, it does affect Disney Plus, and it really speaks to the future of. You, you have to know Disney is headed in this direction. It's just a matter of time. So for sure. All right. Well, I'm gonna um, read another Rick Ives uh, review. <laughs> I've been really enjoying these um, Air Airbud buddies um, kind of reviews, and he's got a couple of Christmas ones. I'm gonna read one on this episode, and then on next week's episode, we'll do another uh, Santa related one. But uh, so these are very um, timely. Uh, this first one is. Uh, Rick Ives, again, a listener to the show, friend of the show, been on our show as a guest a couple times, uh, has been doing these. And he reviews 2010's The Search for Santa Paws, which he says, a.k.a. a musical? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me, is what he says. Uh, and then this is, uh, I'm reading from him now. He says, in the first, uh, in the first official spinoff of the Buddies movies, already spinoffs of a spinoff in case you're keeping track. <laughs> We're going back in time to discover the origin story of Santa's main doggo from the last movie. Here's the setup. Santa is on a winter work trip to New York city when he is hit by a taxi, losing his memory and his puppy young Santa paws. Oh no. Yeah. This puppy makes friends with some strays and then the cutest little orphan girl since the little princess, um, Meanwhile, Santa takes a job as a store Santa in a toy store being run by a young couple who are sad that they can't have kids. And would you believe the little orphan girl lives down the street and needs help dealing with a nasty woman running the foster home? Believe it. I'll give you one guess how all this plays out. This is, these movies are, I mean, I'm, this is Phil and starting now. These movies are like just straight up Hallmark, like straight to television, Hallmark channel, straight to television kind of stuff. It's, it's crazy that. They've released so many of these. Yeah. Uh, back to Rick. He says, there is a line in the opening song. This is really a musical. I I, I kind of am interested to just see the train wreck of this thing. Um, opening song about Santa and Mrs. Claus having spent their last 1,600 years together. I'm here to tell you that Santa in this movie legit looks like he's 1,600 years old. He's played by Richard Reel, I'm going to say. It's R-I-E-H-L-E. Real? Really? Um, Go for it, Phil. Uh, the biggest star in this movie, uh, the jump to conclusion. Oh, it's the jump to conclusions, Matt guy from the office space. Okay. I know who that is. Uh, the rest of the cast is mostly TV folks. So I guess maybe Disney has run out of favors to call in. <laughs> However, I'm happy to report the visual effects have made their way into the PlayStation two area. Uh, oh, yeah. Or era. Um, I think he said PlayStation one uh, for the last movie. Uh, real talk. I didn't hate the musical numbers. This has been the least silly one so far, and the regular puppy squad was absent. Not going to lie, it got a little dicey. My five-year-old wanted to call it quits around the, <laughs> around the point. A little girl was trapped inside of an incinerator in a sequence vaguely re- reminiscent of a Saw movie trap. Not kidding. <laughs> and again, when Santa was on his deathbed in the hospital, staring into the cold, icy void of nothingness. Not kidding. <laughs> again. But we made it through with 92 minutes of peace and quiet, five out of five pups. So... Uh, that was great. I I cannot believe they made a musical with pups. That's uh that's crazy crazy town. Pretty cool though. <laughs> crazy town, I, USA. And I, Rick, I just want to say that we're proud of you for even wa- sitting down and watching these movies with your kids. I I'm not sure I would even do that. <laughs> and and I love I love my kids, but uh, I don't know. If you I are a better human than us all, Rick. <laughs> I don't know if I love them that much. So. Um, cool. Uh, that was, uh, this, this week's, uh, buddies film review of the week. 
uh let's get into hawkeye we're gonna take these one episode at a time it will be full spoilers for the episodes but um because we're kind of playing catch up we've got we've got four and five we're if you've not seen five yet at the time that you're listening to this um i mean you probably have i don't know why you're listening to this if you haven't but um uh, we will take them in order. So we'll we'll talk about just episode four. We'll try not to talk about the events of episode five. They're pretty separate story-wise, so I, I don't think that, that'll be too hard to do. Uh, we'll do our best, and then uh, we'll make sure it's you know very clear that we're moving into episode five ter- territory at some point. So, um, so yeah, here we go on episode four. Um, Grant, you want to start? What are what are kind of your general thoughts about about this episode? Episode four. Where to begin? Um, oh, I kind of know your general feelings Phil, on this, but but share this share this with the we, audience. <laughs> if there's one thing we don't enjoy, I'm throwing you into this category because we've had main discussions no, I, about I, this. I know what you're about to say, and I agree. Is everyday life? <laughs> I'm okay with us with Marvel making us feel. Like these heroes are human just like us. Uh-huh. But everyday life, Phil, is not for the Mar- MCU universe. How about how about if we put it right smack dab in the middle of the season? Does that make it better? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> Especially when you have a six-episode season. And, I mean, number five... Is fantastic. I know we haven't talked about it yet, but literally, you're looking at if before five came out, you're looking at they've probably had one episode that I've been like, "Hey, I can dig it." Sure, but the other three have just kind of been like, "Meh." Episode three is the one you're referring to. Yes, yeah. So it's just kind of like I don't know, but I mean, it does pick up at the end and you finally get a really good action scene but i just needed it sooner Boy, well, it's you say at the end i mean it's it literally is the last five minutes i mm-hmm. there's not much there's not much of anything going on before that so you're talking about i mean if i'm you tell me if i'm putting words in your mouth but it, it really is 35 minutes of not much, like not moving the plot forward at all, and then five minutes of excitement, and then roll credits. Um, is that does that sound yeah, about right? Pretty much. Yeah i i i i i, I I'm loath to say that I hate any episode of Marvel Cinematic Universe because at the end of the day, it is characters I care about. I care about Clint. I care about. I even care about Clint's family. I care about Kate. I I care about these other characters that we've we've seen. We're we already said full spoilers for episode four. So I definitely care about uh, Yelena, who's unmasked at the, at the end of this episode. Um, these are characters I want to know more about. Um, so I won't say I hated this episode, but I will say of the four shows we've seen, WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, and now Hawkeye, put all of those episodes into one hopper, like all 40 episodes were divert, not, maybe not 40, but you know, 35 episodes that we've gotten so far. Um, this is my least, probably my least favorite. I'm talking about of all of them, like of all 30 episodes that we've gotten. Um, I don't, I don't know. I just don't understand what they were doing with this this episode. Not, and I don't know. It's just really hard 
um, to put it into words because I feel like they these shows that have come before it have been so good and this one just has kind of fallen flat um, like I said episode 5 was fantastic I love that episode yeah and hopefully 6 will be good too just to end it on a good note but I mean woof uh, what a weird episode four, right? Like yeah. when we've gotten slower, this is a very slow episode. It is. Probably this, one of the slowest they've ever done for any show. Mm-hmm. Um, but to put it in smack dab in the middle of the season, I was, by the end of the episode, I was confused. I mean, just absolutely befuddled of what what were they thinking? Like, why did they think we this is what we wanted just as the action is starting to ramp up? Like it was a complete slump down. So if you've if you if it's been a while since you've seen the episode, and it actually has been a little while since I've seen it, um, I'll, I'll just kind of recap some some of the things that happen. And I'm going to do it very quickly because I mean our listeners will honestly probably fall asleep <laughs> as I'm reading some of the things that I wrote down. But um, Eleanor it, it confronts them about them logging into her laptop, and um, she says, "Is there anything you want to tell me?" And um, she uh, talks to Clint you know, briefly one-on-one saying, you know, keep my daughter out of this, you know, keep her safe. Um, uh, there's uh, some talk about Sloan limited and they think that, you know, maybe, uh, Jack is involved with that. Uh, at one point, this is legit. Like if you haven't seen the episode and you're just like adjacent to the show, you just kind of want to keep tabs on what's going on. There's literally like a two or three, two or three minute long section in the middle of the movie where they're literally just talking about planning a holiday party. That's it. It, it, it has nothing to do with any of the espionage or, or, you know, spy versus spy. <laughs> like there's nothing going on except literally just planning a party together. Um, this episode was apparently brought to you by Daly's drinks because like they prominently feature dailies, you know, those little pouches, pouch drinks that you see yep. at the store. Um, because Hawkeye's Clint's like icing his wounds basically with dailies and he's like strapping them to his body and stuff like that. But there's a, another whole scene where, um, he's just teaching how to snap a quarter. I'm like, where is this going? Why are you doing this? Like you're, you guys don't want to like train or like talk about what, the, what's next. Like you just want to snap quarters for a couple hours. Like, I'm like, okay, um, so we got that. And then um, Clint tells uh, kind of an interesting story about Natasha and, um, you know, gets emotional. She was the best there ever was. And um, and then Kate basically figures out, like, it's you, right? You're Ronan. Like, you know, the, let's get the cat out of the bag. And he says, everybody dealt with the blip in their own way, and that's how I dealt with it. So I thought that was, that was kind of a cool exchange. It was very short. Um, and then um, Kate goes to find their trick arrows. And what do you think about that? That it was so dumb. Like, yeah, I, they, they couldn't even come up up with a good, uh, like an exciting way to get the, the trick arrows back. <laughs> Doesn't she, she gets them. She just like meets with that cop. That's what, like one of the LARP LARPers. Yeah. And she's like, can I have him back? And she's like, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> am I underselling it? There's, there's just too much <laughs> of this whole LARPing situation I, dude, they've really doubled down and the the guy that's we won't get to episode five but there's a guy um in episode five that's from the larpers who's like now like i guess a permanent cast member i i never thought they would go de- this deep into those guys but i i don't know phil i mean 
I by the way, and, everything I've everything I've described so far it takes a literally takes about a half an hour to yeah. watch. Like it, there's a lot of just nothing. And like I said, I was so excited to see this episode because yeah. I really enjoyed three, and I felt like we were finally over the hump. And we even watched it as soon as we got home from school that Wednesday. <laughs> and I was just like, no, no, please no. Oh, Yelena's is here. A little bit better. But, <laughs> and then end of episode. Yeah. it's uh, By the time they start the Rolex, you know, we got to get the Rolex watch back or whatever and break into the apartment and they f- figure out that it's Maya's and all that. I was like, okay, now we're on, we're back on the train, we're riding it, and then it was over. Like eight minutes later, it was over, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my gosh! I like there are very few times in any MCU property that I felt like they're just wasting my time, and this was definitely one of them. Um, yeah, have I did I skip over anything that, of interest? In, no, in the first half hour, and, and like I, I said when I uh, saw you that night after I had seen it, I was just like, you literally could basically be doing something else for the first 35 minutes of the show oh, like, and not miss a thing laundry or dishes yeah. or something yeah absolutely yeah i was very disappointed i that that was the first the first real moment this year where i was just like okay you guys are just wasting my time here like let, let's actually get back to the the plot at hand they literally were just hanging out together hanging out in his apartment or hers Oh, was it her apartment? Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, her ha- apartment. Okay, hanging up, hanging out in her place. Uh, her hanging out with her mom. Um, you know, I, I don't even think we got very much of Maya and Kazi. Like it was just, it's just people like just talking. And it, honestly, it was most. I know this sounds really banal, but it, I'm, I'm telling you, this is exactly how I felt. It was characters telling each other what we already knew. <laughs> Am I wrong about that? No. Like. I mean, it's literally Clint telling Kate, yes, you're right about, I was running. We already knew that. Uh, you know, mom and daughter want to, you know, she wants the family to be together for Christmas. Uh, yeah, we already knew that. <laughs> hey, uh, what were you doing with my laptop? Well, we were trying to look up information about Sloan Limited. We already knew that. Like, I, I was just like, are we going to get any new information in this episode? We did at the very end. The last seven or eight minutes is all new. But until that point, I was like, we already knew all of this. I, I couldn't believe it. I was really beside myself. So anyway, I've been super negative. You t- you go ahead and j- launch into the last seven or eight minutes, which r- is really the only part of the show that's even worth talking about. In yeah. My opinion. Um, well, so they're on their way to get back the Rolex and it's Kate and Hawkeye and... Kate basically takes the initiative that she's going to be the one that um, goes into the apartment because Hawkeye originally wanted to. And so she goes in and it's all this quirkiness of gain in, which, I mean, I giggled a couple times, but <laughs> it's just kind of like, okay, just get in there. And so she goes in and then shortly after she realizes it's uh, Maya or Echo's apartment and then by the way the way she realized that i thought was really cool like it was like the flashing light thing yeah which is i guess um i've seen this um they t- i think they talk about it on seinfeld one of the episodes but like uh, a deaf person like real life um like if someone rings the doorbell they have no idea that someone's at the door obviously so they have like um like uh 
strobe like all yeah. flashing mm-hmm. lights whatever that that light up the apartment to say hey someone's at the door um so that i thought that was kind of cool like i was like okay they're going for realism here yeah so um and then shortly after maya shows up and it just goes craziness from there because um hawkeye sees that maya's there but then he's being ambushed on the roof and mm. Um, I would say one of the better fight scenes, well, probably the best fight scene that we've seen so far in this show. Yeah. Um, just breaks out where it's almost a four-way fight. Well, I guess a three-way fight if you count Kate and Hawkeye on the same side. And, and then there's basically just punches going left and right. And this chaotic fight is going on. And the hand-to-hand combat and some arrows going out. It's just crazy. And you don't really know who's going to win. And then Maya kind of realizes that somebody else is on the roof that isn't on her side. So she's just going to get out of dodge. Yeah, yeah. And then you get the scene where Hawkeye basically throws Kate off and then you get the big reveal that Yelena's the one. Yeah, she takes off she takes off her mask or or he takes it off. I can't remember. But I mean we find out the mystery person on the roof is is Yelena. And she doesn't say anything. She doesn't have any lines in this episode. She just jumps off the roof and is gone. Um and end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Which that was cool. Like I we were hoping to see Yelena earlier. Like mm-hmm. I, I really wanted to see her like in episode three. Um, but, uh, it was cool that we got her here and, you know, not to get into spoilers, but you'll, you'll see a lot more of her in the second half. Um, so yeah, it was really cool just to finally get that payoff of like, okay, this is great. Like let's get into the Yelena stuff. Grant and I love Yelena from the Black Widow movie. Um, so, um, when Kate, I want to ask you this question. Kate gets thrown off the roof and he has a chance to pull her up, but doesn't. He ends up just cutting her line and dropping her down to because she falls safely, like on the uh, Christmas lights or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, is that's that's him just getting her out of the fight, right? Like to keep her yeah. safe. Okay, that's but, that's how I took it. But I wasn't sure that I was understanding that correctly because um, we ba- we talked about this briefly, but he had a conversation with her mom earlier that she's just kind of a kid. She's not a superhero like you. Right. So I feel like that's why he did it. He he knew he was dealing with a trained assassin or somebody that's very dangerous, and he didn't want to see Kate getting hurt. Um, yeah, right, 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 yeah. That, that's how I took it, too. I, just, I wasn't sure if I was understanding what he was doing there. Um, she, she, like, she very quickly, like gets back up there on the roof, which I, I, I do like, I'm starting to, uh, her character is a little annoying to me in the first couple episodes, but I'm, I'm just now starting to kind of understand her a little bit better. And she's still not one of my favorite characters in the MCU. I don't think she ever will be, <laughs> but, um, she, I understand her, uh, gusto. Like she, she has a lot of impetus to like become, she wants to become a superhero really badly and she's young and inexperienced and, naive and Mm -hmm. you know ignorant but she wants to learn like she has the the ability for sure so 
Um, so yeah, her just running straight back up there and getting back into the fight. I thought, I think I, I'm that, that made me, you know, respect her a little bit more. Um, the flashbang arrow was really cool. Like he shoots this thing and it basically disorients everyone on the roof. Um, Maya takes an arrow in the shoulder, um, at one point, which is really cool. Um, and then she runs off when, you know, after she's wounded basically. So, um, the watch, so she, she, does she, no, they don't retrieve the watch, right? Does she find the watch? I think so. In the apartment? I can't remember what happened with that. I know she was, that's obviously, obviously what she was going to, there to get. And while she's on comms, like when she's going into the, breaking into the apartment, she picks the lock and goes in. It's really boring, but she gets in there. And the only thing that we know, because we don't really know what this thing is. Yeah. Um, Clint actually tells her that their, their identity, like their family identity is tied up to that. To, or no, sorry. It belongs to a friend of his, mm-hmm. uh, Clint's friend. Um, and their identity is tied to the watch. Is he talking about Natasha? Like, I, I, we don't know, right? Like, yeah. That's still kind of in the dark. I, I feel like that's still kind of one of the secrets that we're waiting to find out wh- who the watch belongs to. Yeah. But obviously it has some sentimental value to the Avengers. And it, he almost made it sound like, I agree with you. I think it is a, a thing of, of value to him. But he made it almost sound like it, it would inform, like it would lead bad guys to to them or his friends or something like that. Like mm-hmm. it, it's informational. It, it, if it fell, fell into the wrong hands type of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll find out what's going on with that in the, I'm sure they'll pay it off in the last episode. They have to, the, the, the watch was in the very first episode and we still don't know what, what's even going on with it. So, um, yeah. And then basically the very last scene is, is Clint just looking at, Kate and saying you're not my partner anymore. Um, you know, uh, there's a Black Widow assassin involved at this point. It's not. It's too. You're way out of your league. Um, I'm doing this alone. You know, goodbye. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, and then that basically leads into episode five. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I have anything else to say on episode yeah, four. That's kind uh, of it. There really isn't much to decipher from it besides the stuff at the end. Yeah. It just overall, it felt like a waste of an episode. Like mm-hmm. they had minutes uh, on screen minutes and I felt like they just squandered a lot of it. Um, it's very short of an episode too. Like they could have made the episode longer and packed in more mm-hmm. information and chose not to without credits. It's like, what, like 37 minutes or something yeah. like that. It's like, okay, uh, I guess that's what we're doing. But um, let's get into some better stuff. <laughs> Episode five is uh, definitely a, a lot um, big, you know, upward swing. Um, so if you've not seen episode five, we're going to get into full spoilers on episode five uh, now. So this is a good time to pause it and watch the episode if you don't want to get spoiled. So obviously the big thing with this episode is we get into a lot of Yelena stuff. And dude, like she's back. Like I love, I loved both of us. You and I both loved her character from, mm-hmm. Uh, the Black Widow movie in in both of our opinions. You can go back and listen to our thoughts on the on the movie if you want to go back to that episode. There's a in the podcast feed we ha- have a long long discussion about Black Widow, but her she almost stole the show for the, for that movie. And I just want to I want I just want to know more about what she's doing and you know where is she now? Like what what is she doing with her life? That kind of thing. 
And what's really cool about this episode is it starts out with Yelena. Like it's not even Kate. It's not Clint. It's what a 2018 and it's yep. basically right after the events, not too long after the events of black widow. And you even get audio from the movie in this episode. Like they're like, we are definitely just picking up like, you know, telling you more of the story right after the events. This is like almost black widow part two in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was a really smart thing to do. And a good way to bring in fans of the movie and all things MCU into what to me is a story that's kind of spiraling down a little bit. Like there's not a lot of intrigue going on. And so they almost have to bring in like a heavy hitter. And I, I I don't say that to disparage any of the actors and the writers that are, you know, doing their dead level best to make this a great show, but bringing Yelena in this big movie star in Florence Pugh, I think like literally for me, save the show (laughs) in some ways. So I don't know if you agree with that, but that's how I felt about episode five. And I feel like when we were getting ready for this show, the person we talked about over and over again was Florence Pugh and Yelena. And we even talked about in the Black Widow movie, if you want to go back and listen to our episode, we even talked about how Florence Pugh even stole the show from um, Scarlett Johansson. And I feel like this is kind of like a swan song for Jeremy Renner now. So I feel like that's kind of why we haven't gotten a whole lot of Yelena. Yeah. Because she could have swept in from episode one, and this could have been a chaotic fight between the two the whole season. But I feel like they wanted to give um, Jeremy Renner his due, kind of like they wanted to for uh, Scarlett Johansson as well. That's great. I ne- I ne- never even thought about that, but yeah, I think I think once you inter- introduce your her into the show, it's kind of over. Like mm-hmm. for Clint, like he has to share the the stage now. Um, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I I think that would have been if this if, if this wasn't literally the last we're going to see Jeremy Renner in the MCU. You have to imagine it's probably probably is or for a long time, uh, for sure. That like yeah, if she had come in in the episode one in the middle of episode one, it would have been really bad. Like all, all we would have talked about would be Yelena. So yeah, yeah I, I think that's really good. Um, I love that she's doing exactly what she said she was going to do at the end of black widow, which is to release the widows, like to do that mist thing in their face mm-hmm. or whatever and to release them. Um, she's clearly been doing this already. She talks about how difficult it is to see them snap out of it. But then she goes to this Anna's uh, place, or whatever. And like, you know, she goes with a friend and they like take her down or whatever and spray this mist in her face. And she's like, she's like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm not, I'm not like, you know, mind controlled. (laughs) Yeah. So nothing really ever comes to that, but it kind of just like gives you just an insight into what they've been doing all this time. And then how like there's an avenue of, of some of these widows that are doing this because they want to, like it's, it's a good way of making money and you know, they're they have free will like they have the decision to to do that if they want to so um but dude the most exciting part of this flashback was the freaking blip yeah i i couldn't believe that they did it like we've not this correct me if i'm wrong in any marvel mcu property so far we've not seen it from the perspective of the blipped like what happened to them during that time Hmm. so yeah it was cool like i mean for her it's like 
the 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 room just changed like the paint all the paints on the walls changed and stuff like that but for her it's just seconds like mm-hmm. it's not like she like was in you know some kind of purgatory <laughs> trapped for five years and then came back and was alive again after being dead for five years it's like for her no time passed at all she was in there for five seconds yeah so i mean it was it was pretty crazy and then her just coming out of her friend's bathroom and her family has grown like five years and they're just like, Yelena? <laughs> or the mom is like, Yelena? And it's just like, she has no idea. And I thought it was a very cool um, way to start the episode. And that's one thing that I feel like the Marvel shows have done really well is whenever they introduce a new character to the show, the intro for that character is very good. Yeah. Like in WandaVision, we got that sweet scene with Agatha learning all about her. Um, There's been parts with Sylvie that we've got and and Loki. Oh, yeah. You're totally right. And so I feel like that's one thing. And like even with Kate Bishop to start off this show, I feel like it's they do a very good job of going inside to who this person really is. Yeah. No, you're totally right. I, um, we needed to get that with yelling at, I think, cause, um, things kind of left, you know, I wouldn't say cliffhanger, but definitely like, okay, what's next? Like what, where is she going to go? Like she's, she says she's going to do that, but does she actually do that? Um, I was not expecting to get anything about the blip after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was cool to watch them just, just do it and say like, okay, this is, she's just gone for five years. I don't think we even knew that she would, she'd been blipped. Cause like the only thing we'd uh. ever seen her in was before the blip. So, um, yeah, that was all really cool. But yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think their character introductions are so good, um, on all, on all their shows, but, um, and then, uh, let's see, uh, Kate goes home and tells mom she's done. Uh, Clint told her to go away. He's basically just kind of picking up the pieces from episode four, um, Kazi has a, a, a quick scene where he tells Maya that they'll kill, kill Ronan together and then she's done. Like, she, this crazy revenge plot that she's been on her entire life, like, needs to stop. You know, she needs to move on. And then we get, do that great, great scene between Kate and Yelena in, um, Kate's, Kate's apartment. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, with the mac and cheese and the hot sauce. She, okay, and I, I don't know. This is um, kind of first intro- introduction to the actress for both of us, right? You've not seen Florence Pugh in anything else? No. I haven't either. So, I mean, it's Black Widow in this. This is mm-hmm. all for both of us. She is hilarious. Yeah. She's so funny. I like, I honestly, like, as far as like the humor in any of the movies or TV shows, there's a couple characters that I think kind of match her, match wits with, you know, comedic timing and delivery and like her just crazy accent and how she is so silly and yet menacing all at the same time. Like, like this character is amazing. I really, really enjoy the scenes with her. Um, what do you think of that? That, um, um, that talking about being in New York and eating reindeer. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you have to braise them or whatever. And, and she just, <laughs> kind of steals the show yeah because i mean she just her charismatic ways and the whole thing about 
her just calling her Kate Bishop over and over again, <laughs> and which apparently that has some meaning to it. I okay. didn't read about the article, but somebody wrote an article about it. So, I mean, it's just... I, I feel like Florence Pugh, I feel like the MCU has found a gem. Oh, yeah. In Florence Pugh. She owns that character, man. She owns it. She is that person every time she's on screen. And I don't know, again, what she even sounds like in her... Is it, does she have a, like a British accent or something? I don't even I know. Think, I think I think she might be actually from Great Britain or Australia maybe. Um, I'll have to look it up. But um, yeah, she doesn't sound like that, obviously, the, the the Russian accent in real life. But yeah, she is just so good. Um, but they also have some... So she's hilarious. I mean, she's like, oh, I love hot sauce. Yeah. <laughs> just like mm-hmm. she's that silly kind of almost teenage kind of immature kind of girl. Um, but also in the body of this assassin that's like really, I mean, she'd kill you. Like the, the, the moments where Kate was like, she's like, I'm so glad I didn't kill you on the roof. And and uh, and Yelena's like, oh, <laughs> that's very funny. Yeah. She's like, no, I, I, I could have killed you in just the seconds that you opened the door. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but they have this like really intimate, like she's super weird too. Like, and that's what I love about her too. But she like talks about like, Oh, thanks for the girls night. I really needed that. And talking about, um, Clint, you know, why do you risk your life for him? You know, how has everyone just, you know, forgiven him for everything in his past? You know, that kind of thing. Like she, you can tell these girls don't agree on the subject matter of Clint and yet they're not willing to, you know, to give up their, their opinions. Like it was just, it was, a. Uh, it's such a surreal scene of very real talk mixed in with just silliness. And mm-hmm. uh, to me, honestly, the closest uh, analog to it, I think for me at least, and there you can probably think of a better example, but is the final episode of Loki when we get to meet um, the one that remains or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's a great scene. It's a longer scene than this one, but it's it's a lot of the same type of uh, delivery. And I think he's going to be a phenomenal character in the MCU too. Uh, they found a gem with him, but where it's it's both cra- he's crazy, but he's also incredibly strong and powerful. Like don't yeah. mess, don't mess with this guy. He's also crazy. Like mm-hmm. like it's, uh, both things are in tandem at the same time. Yeah, and I kind of feel that way from Elena, and I, lo- I love it. Mm-hmm. I bring, bring you know bring on more of that so and then she issues pretty much the ultimatum saying that if Kate gets in her way again she's going to kill her yeah yeah um i we don't get a lot of um uh good guy versus bad guy just sharing a table together mm-hmm. like just talking it out and uh i i found that to be very unique in this episode. Like I, I really, that was probably my favorite scene, um, in the episode other than, um, you know, the, the ending stuff that, that we'll, we'll get to here in a second. But, um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty amazing just watching that play out. Um, grills is a character now. Uh, Clint goes over to his place and is like sharing a couch with him and stuff like that. I, I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that we, we grills has been in almost every episode. Yeah. So far, uh, since episode two, I guess when, whenever the LARPing thing mm-hmm. gets introduced, and so, yeah, it's I, Grills is, I guess, now like a mainstay of yeah, MCU. Yeah, this, kind of this was not a character that <laughs> um, I assumed would continue this show. Yeah, I, I, 
I think he's probably done. I don't think he's going to be in episode six or in any other future MCU show, except for just maybe the briefest of cameos. But um, yeah, it's interesting that they've held on to a character that's just really a throwaway um, character. But um, so Jack Duquesne gets arrested mm-hmm. and is being questioned about Sloan Industries. He says he's never heard of it. Um, what, what do you think? Is he telling the truth? Because, like, from episode one, we're like, okay, the writing's on the wall. We know exactly who the bad guy is of the story. I'm starting to doubt it now. Like, is, um, is he maybe not involved? I, I feel like <laughs> starting in probably, like, episode three or so, I kind of felt like that the blame was going to go on Jack. And for a while now, I've felt that... Um, the mom is really the one pulling the strings. So he's the fall guy. Like he doesn't, Mm -hmm. he doesn't actually know what's going on. Well, I feel like he is a bad guy, just not with what is currently going on in this show. Do you think he killed the Duquesne, like his father, was it his father or uncle? Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. So, so that's what been the most confusing part of it. Is like it seems so obvious that like he was killed by you know by sword. A sword went through his body and killed him. And I mean, Jack wields a sword like no one, none other. Yeah. Like, I, it seems obvious that he's the one that actually killed him. So maybe, but, but maybe that's where it ends with it with his yeah. cr- criminality. I feel like he is involved with other stuff, just not this current crime okay that we're seeing yeah i can see that and i feel like we may end up getting more of him as we go along yeah okay yeah i i, I found that scene to be very interesting it, it wasn't him you know obviously he's not if, if he is at the center of it he's not gonna just give it up but um you know when he was saying like i, I legit don't know what you're talking about um, I was like, I think there's a part of him that's maybe telling the truth. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that he, that he, this thing goes as deep as he yeah. thinks, as he thinks it goes. Um, so, and there's a lot of talk about, uh, throughout the episode, again, more, um, shot, you know, background shots of signs and, uh, talks about, you know, the big man and fat man and like, or big guy or whatever. Um, and I'm just like, with every, hint that we're getting i was just like it has it has to be kingpin like mm-hmm. how can it not be kingpin i didn't think that they would do any kind of reveal at the end of the episode uh i thought we'd see see that finally in episode six but um it, it was nice to know that like we were right <laughs> the whole yeah. time but also it was kind of like i was starting to get frustrated in the middle of the episode because i'm like dude it's gonna be so stupid if it's not kingpin <laughs> like that that seems so obvious that that's where they're going and and you know i'm gonna be really upset if they don't go there mm-hmm. um so um, there's a, a big fight scene between uh, Maya and uh, Clint and it's short but you're talking about like best fight scenes in the show uh, this was up there for me it's it's a little too short I wish it had gone a little bit longer mm-hmm. but um, I, I love the frenetic very intense close combat fight stuff yeah and I think I think this show is actually doing it pretty well and um it's just it's a great fight. It's, it's it's probably only like forty seconds long, but um, I I really enjoyed it. Um, and then basically he he takes her down and says, you know, he takes his mask off. He says, I want you to see my face. She's like, oh, right before you kill me. He's like, no, like I'm letting you go. Like, you know, if you ever come near me or my family, I'm going to kill you. But 
you know, this is over, like our feud together type of thing. So, yeah. So, I mean, one thing that I'm also pretty convinced with is that Clint didn't kill her dad. And I honestly Uh. think, which this is kind of a prediction, I honestly think that Kingpin hired Kazi to kill uh, Maya's dad. Okay. I think that's and, and that's I probably going to pay off, yeah. I think that'll probably be revealed in this next episode. I just watched the episode like a few hours ago, and yeah. so I hadn't had a lot of time to think about it, but that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that very very awkward exchange between Maya and Kazi after the fight where she's like, she's really starting to eyeball, like side-eye him a little bit, and she's saying, what did she say? Something like, uh, where were you that night? You were supposed to be at the meeting, but you weren't. So, like, She's starting to be like, wait a second, like what if this Clint Barton slash Ronan guy really isn't the antagonist that I've always been thinking, he, yeah. you know, he was. So, um, I, I have both a, a positive and a negative to say about all that exchange. Uh, one is, I think it's cool to see her character starting to turn already, like to second guess what she, what her revenge story is, uh, her revenge life has been about. Mm hmm of changing this, the story, changing the game, realizing the truth, coming to the truth. Those are all like themes I'm very in tune with. That said, I, the, this is going to maybe come across harsher than I mean it, but the tension between Clint and Maya, the good guy versus bad guy has really just come to a whole lot of nothing. Hasn't it? Like it's, I, I anticipated this would be at the crux of the first three episodes. Go back and listen to like, our review of the first two episodes of Hawkeye and what Grant and I were saying was, where's the tension? Where's the, where's the thing to overcome? Where, who's the bad guy? What are we doing? Like what, what is the goal? Like what of the, what, the good guys have to like overcome some bad thing or bad organization or bad guy. Right. But we're, we didn't have anything to hang our hat on. We just mm-hmm. kept reaching for it. Now that we got, we see Maya in episode three, we're like, okay, this is it. She's the bad guy. And then now that we're in episode, episode five is done. We're like, okay, she's kind of not the bad guy anymore. Like I I was just like, wow, that just did, that just fizzled. Like it just didn't, I'm assuming that's kind of the end of their feud and nothing really came of it. Like I, I was a little disappointed that there wasn't more to their aggression. Like even their fight scene is very short. Like, I don't know, maybe you didn't feel the same way, but I, I was, I was surprised by how lackluster that, that part of the plot was like everything seems to be going to something bigger, but they're not going to show that show any of that to us until the very last episode. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I feel like this last episode that's coming in is going to, I really hope it does solve a lot of the conflicts that we're left with. But I mean, I feel like, yeah, there really isn't, a huge like bad guy to this point in this show. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll get there here in a second, but I mean, it's, it's clearly Kingpin. Like, like, um, Clint is, you know, in that confrontation with Maya after he takes her down and then doesn't kill her. He's like talking about like, it's your boss. Like your boss is the one that wanted your father killed. Like you need to be looking somewhere else. Don't look at me anymore. I'm not the one that is at the heart of this. You know, this is all, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're looking in the wrong direction. Um, and so, you know, yeah, it's going to be Kingpin. He's going to be the big the big bad and stuff like that. And he's been shrouded in mystery this whole season. But I don't know, man. Like, I 
I will be very interested to hear to to get on the other side of the finale mm-hmm. and hear what our general thoughts are on the entire season. That's how I want to start the conversation next next episode is let's talk about the season as a whole now that we have it all. Because I I just I just feel like this show wandered constantly. It was it was it was left and then it was right and then it was straight and then it was left again. I just I don't compare this to even Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I think is the closest analog to the storytelling of this season. Yeah. And Falcon and Winter Soldier knew exactly where it was headed and it just stayed on that path the entire season. Mm-hmm. Good or bad, you may not have liked that show, but they, it knew what, where it was going and it went there. And this uh, this whole season, I'm like, I don't even know what's going on. Like, what what are the... The good guys change their plan and their goals with every episode that happens is so aimless yeah to me that that's that's how i've felt now other people out there maybe watching the show and they just love like the mystery and the intrigue of everything and it's just it is not grabbing me um for whatever reason so um i'm finally i'm finally in (laughs) i was kind of in episode three and then they kind of smashed all my dreams Mm -hmm. and then now but we got to the end of episode Five and we actually see Vincent D'Onofrio yeah. um, playing Kingpin and that is just a still shot of him on the phone or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, I'm like, okay, cool. Like this is finally going somewhere. But then again, we only get one episode and then it's over. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say this. This is I'm going to end on a positive. Um, the hype that you and I had it during WandaVision about Quicksilver and this is going to be multiverse and they're bringing in Fox and this is so cool. And then all of that to be just, just a whole lot of nothing that all the hype that we had. And then it literally just came to nothing is reversed here. Like I, the whole, what what we've been saying the whole season, what's the whole internet been saying the whole season. Um, Give us daredevil, give us Kingpin, bring, you know, bring hell's kitchen into MCU, you know, like all this kind of stuff. And it's like, Good on you. You guys are actually doing that. Like mm-hmm. all the things that the fans want, you're just giving it to them. And I felt like they really missed on WandaVision. I loved WandaVision. It's one of my favorite shows that I watched this year. But um, it, in the hype department, it, I think it it really slipped. It slipped and fell, I think, yeah. at the end. And I don't think this, ep- this show is going to do that. I, th- I think it actually is going to deliver what the fans want. So I wanted to end on that positive. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I fully expect this last episode to probably be one of the better last episodes in out of the four season finales that we've gotten so far. Hmm. And I don't really have a whole lot of predictions. Like I mentioned that I I'm predicting that Kazi is the one that killed Maya's dad. Um, I also, this is kind of a bolder prediction, but where I'm kind of 50-50, I also think that Hawkeye may die in this episode. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And there are two people that I would say have the ability to kill him. One would be um, Jack, because I've done some reading and he's going to be this character called the swordsman. Okay. Which I don't think that really is the likely outcome, but I think it is more likely that Kingpin kills Hawkeye. Wow. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. And I'm probably about 50/50 on that right now 
because I really do want him to make it home for Christmas because that's what this whole um, <laughs> and kind of translated into what we're about to talk about. But they've been wanting him to make it home for Christmas. But I also could see this ending on a sour note. Yeah. And how would you feel about that? I don't know. I, I, I hope he makes it home for Christmas. Yeah. But I just could also see you don't really bring in Kate Bishop if you're not ready to pass the torch on. Yeah, I think passing the torch is inevitable. I, I, I think that will almost certainly happen in, yeah. in episode six. Whether he kicks a bucket or not, I, I, I think is up for debate, but I could definitely see it happening. I mean, Kingpin, you've not seen the Daredevil show no. from Netflix. Kingpin, now, they won't do this in the Disney Plus show. Uh, the Daredevil show is essentially rated R. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's not rated because it's Netflix, but it's, it is... R-rated to the core. Like, I mean, I, there are R-rated movies that I've seen that were less bloody <laughs> than yeah. the Daredevil show. It's very bloody. It's very adult. Um, don't let your kids watch that if you're if you're trying to you know uh, keep them away from violent stuff. <laughs> but um, it, it's so he's so aggressive and so brutal, brutal, mm-hmm. capital B brutal, that he could he could just um, snuff Clint's life out with a breath. And it would be totally in character for him. Like, it, yeah. like that's not something that he would. I mean, he kills people before breakfast. Like, he's just that kind of kind of guy. I so. feel like the direction that MCU is headed, they want to insert Kingpin as one of the top bads. And what better way to do that <laughs> than killing an Avenger? Yeah, that 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 that'd be the way to do it. <laughs> that's for sure. And I'm not sure, like, if that's going to happen, but I would not be shocked if it does. Yeah, yeah. I, to answer my own question, I, I don't, I don't know how I would feel about it. I, um, I, I don't feel emotionally attached to his family enough to like be terribly. I know that sounds makes you sound super cold. I, I'm just saying, I, I don't know that I would be like weep for them. Yeah. Um, you know, because I just don't know them um that much, but. Um, I don't even remember his wife's name. Like I, I just, we haven't spent a lot of time with those characters yet. So it'd be hard for me to like really feel drawn emotionally to the, to that loss. Um, that said, I think it would be a fine way for his character to go out like heroically, like mm-hmm. uh, especially if he's dying in the, in a sacrificial way, like to save Kate's life or something like that. Um, I think that would feel right for the show. Um, however, if he just like went into retirement and said like, I'm too old for this crap basically. Um, and just said, Kate, you've got the quiver from now on. I, I would be down with that too. Um, I, I don't know that I have a dog in that race. Like we you know which one I would prefer, but I think either way, I think we're, we're almost certainly going to see just the end of Clint Martin um, yeah. with, with the show. So, and so, I mean, I feel like it would put a damper on the ending of the show, which none of the shows really have put like a huge, damper on but i don't know yeah it, it would be the, definitely the saddest ending because <laughs> you think about like every every season that they've done so far it you know there's maybe some dark stuff that happened towards the ends but it generally ends with a happy ending loki is probably the one that ends the most questionably but um even that i would say that show generally has a, a happy ending at the very end um even though you kind of don't know what's going to happen next 
So, um, yeah, that would be a very dark ending for a TV show, but I, I would be okay with it. Um, we'll see what happens, but yeah, I, I think I'd be all right with that. Especially again, just talk about an entrance for Kingpin, like killing an Avenger would be like, you know, he's set like as a villain now, like, you know, even if you never watched the Netflix series, you would, you would definitely know he's someone not to be messed with. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, the, the finale should be, um, action packed. It should be very intriguing. I, we've, we've now got characters that I really care about. I hate to say that about Kate. Like it's just not a character that I'm, I'm particularly drawn to. I think she's quirky and silly and fun, but I'm not like dying to know more about her. <laughs> not yet at least. And, um, and yet with Yelena and Kingpin in the story and honestly, uh, some intrigue kind of surrounding Eleanor, uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of very interested in the villains of, of the show. So yeah. I, I want to see how the villains end up at the end of this series. That'll be the most intriguing part for me. Yeah. Any other thoughts as we go into the finale? No, I'm, I'm excited for the finale. Um, I definitely think it will be, like I said earlier, I think it's going to be one of the better finales. Yeah. Um, so, the, uh, I want to I say this carefully. Do you see, do you see them introducing Daredevil in the, the final episode? That, that is, that is to say that like that has been the, one of the biggest predictions for the show since episode one really has been, we're not only going to see Kingpin, but also Daredevil. I don't think so. I feel like if we're going to follow the blueprint of other shows. I feel like you get one character that is supposed to be the big get for the show. Yeah. And I feel like we're going to get that with Kingpin. Yeah. It's a, no, I agree. It's too packed, isn't it? Yeah. And I feel like it's almost an overboard on heroes because if they're following the comics and Jerry might correct me and fact check me eventually <laughs> on this. But if I'm correct, Echo's going or Maya's going to end up being a hero. Okay. And the whole Echo show will be basically her hero. Dude, I forgot about that show. And then <laughs> I really do feel like Yelena will see the light in this and end her feud with Clint. Okay, so she becomes a hero. Yeah. Maya becomes a hero. Kate's already a hero. Clint's already a hero. Yeah. So I feel like just bringing Daredevil would just be too much. Too much. Yeah. I you're right on the money there. I agree. I I think you I would do no one very few people would be more thrilled to for I I, I want to see Daredevil in the MCU so badly. Like I I'm so ready for him to to just jump in if they'll do that. Um but uh yeah, I I agree. Maybe not in this show. Get, get, yeah. Either give him his own show or give him some, you know, big entrance into another show or a movie or something like mm-hmm. that. But yeah, I, um, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think, I think you stop it introducing who you've introduced and just let that play out. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, we will see if we're right. <laughs> um, all right. We're going to end with, um, I'll be home for Christmas. We, and we're already running kind of long. We don't need to do a, a terribly long, uh, discussion of this movie. Um, this is, uh, I, I got to confess, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, Grant. I, I, even though we literally just talked about it on our last episode, 
I had already forgotten that this was not a straight to Disney Channel movie. Mm-hmm. You told me that exact thing, but about halfway through the movie, I was like, this movie's kind of good, like really good for a Disney Channel, straight to Disney Channel. I, I hit pause on the movie and looked it up. I was like, oh crap, it's came to theaters and Grant literally told me that. <laughs> I forgot. So, um, but yeah, I, I had to remind myself that this actually did come to theaters. It No, it did terrible. I mean, capital T terrible at the theaters. It its box office was like a third of its of its budget or something like that. It lost a ton of money, um, but uh, it did actually come to theaters. This is the uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, must say the yep. name right um, movie. Uh, this is post uh, Home Improvement, you know, in his acting career, and is like a college. I mean, he's like an older, yep. older kid, uh, college student um, kind of character. Why don't you kind of describe the plot of this movie? Um, I also want to tell you. I, I also want you to tell me. Let's start with like, did you like it or you know hate it or you know dislike it? Um, uh, you you go first. Just kind of just talk about your general thoughts about the movie, how you felt about it, and then I'll I'll go second. I love this movie. Um, this is one that I watch almost every year for Christmas. I didn't know that. Um, it has a lot of comedy in it. It's pretty clean for the most part. And it's just one of those where I watched it a handful of times growing up. And then it kind of faded away. But then I just recently, like maybe like four or five years ago, started watching it again. And... Huh. Um, I really enjoy this movie. <laughs> I mean, who would have thought that they would end up making a movie about a kid just trying to get home for Christmas? <laughs> yeah, I I will say this: it is it is strange to me how much I enjoyed the movie. I I did not expect to enjoy it at all. I'll, I'll just be honest. I think I told you like just kind of off mic, um, before we you know parted ways after our last recording on last episode off mic. I was just like, I, I'm not, I'm, this movie's not going to be very good. Like I, I'm, I'm not expecting to enjoy it. I loved it. Um, I, I really liked it. I wouldn't say I loved it, but I really, really liked it. Uh, it was funnier than I thought it was going to be. And the premise and the story, it was 10 times more unique than I thought it was going to be. I couldn't believe how, how much like throughout the movie, I was like, I've never seen this kind of a story before. <laughs> like you can mm-hmm. point to like, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles, or uh, maybe a little bit of Home Alone, like the mom trying to get back to Kevin. It, it, there's a little bit of, of that here and there, but it is very, it is a very unique story, um, especially for Christmas movies. I think um, so. Yeah, I was surprised by how interesting it actually was to watch. So, um, I guess we could start with the humor. This this movie's really funny. Yeah, for sure. Um, and just to kind of set the premise. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Jonathan Taylor Thomas's character's name is Jake, and he's gone. He's originally from the East Coast, and he's gone all the way to the West Coast to go to college. And he hasn't. His mom passes away, and he hasn't been home for Christmas since then. So he's kind of a scam artist, and oh, yeah. he's always trying to make a quick buck and he's always been in love with Allie, which how random is it that they're both from the East coast and they both go to the same school. Well, they're from the same town, right? Yeah, exactly. They they live like in the same neighborhood almost. So, um, 
Jake has this whole plot how he's going to trade in his ticket to go home for two tip for two tickets to Cabo and he's going to take Allie and Allie decides that he's such a jerk mm-hmm. and so Jake she, she's very much in a traditional Christmas snow on the ground family around the fireplace like that's what she wants yeah so. and Jake wants to be as far away from his family as possible <laughs> so then his dad offers him a Mustang if he comes home for Christmas and so <laughs> not just any Mustang it's like this 1957 they worked on it they re- rebuilt it together. Like this is his dream. Car. Yeah. Yeah. And they fixed it up and everything. And if he makes it home for Christmas by when they sit down at Christmas Eve for Christmas dinner, the car is his. So the, of course, Jake is like, Oh my, of course I want to get that car. And so, But as I said, Jake is kind of a scam artist. (laughs) So not everybody wants to see Jake get home for Christmas. And that's where my good friend Eddie comes into play. (laughs) Which Eddie is just... I don't know. How how would you describe Eddie? Uh, Smarmy. um, He's he's the jock, basically, that is is so... um, like just you can never take him seriously like he's he thinks he's cool but he's actually not um he's great i i I actually really really like eddie in this movie uh he's an absolute just slime ball um not in the same way that that jake is but they are kind of two sides of the same coin as you kind of see towards the end of the movie but um they (laughs) yeah he's the one that wants to get with ali but cannot because she just absolutely cannot stand this guy yeah and i mean (laughs) right off of Right off the bat, when you're first introduced to Eddie, he's trying. Jake's talking to Allie, and Eddie decides that he's going to woo her with his new car. And um, he's talking about how the new car smell and leather <laughs> and stuff. And then Jake's like, "I got two. I got one word for you, Eddie Beamer." And then he just re- he just backs into this Beamer. And I mean. I feel like the love, um, it's not really a love triangle. I guess it, as the movie goes on, it kind of becomes a love triangle. Sure, yeah. But I mean, the three of them just interact so well. So then, um, I'll get back to the plot. So then, uh, Jake is selling some beepers to... Which, by the way, like, they, there's several little moments like that. They talk about the net and stuff like that. I was like, dude, this is so 90s. I, yeah. like, I, love, I actually kind of love it. So then he sells these beepers to these jocks so they could pass their history final. <laughs> and this is, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but there is not many TV shows or movies where you're going to see a scene where these basketball players or jocks are taking a test and they literally have these pagers (laughs) where uh, Jake's smart friend Ian is literally typing the answers out to these guys. To their beepers, yeah. Yeah. And they're they're allowed to have their beepers on (laughs) the desk apparently and taking their final and yeah, he's he's like, he's on the net 
uh, looking up all the answers and then like paging it to them. And until, um, is it Eddie? Eddie shows up. Yeah. And like takes Ian capture. (laughs) Yeah. It destroys the nerd basically. And so (laughs) then Jake, by the way, I I actually, I really like Jake and, uh, Ian. Yep. Is his name? Um, their, their, uh, business relationship. I, I, it's, it's hilarious. He's the, um, catch me if you can, uh, kind of, you know, Leonardo from that movie, like, um, you know, I, I'm going to weasel my way through life. Uh Uh, and then he's the super nerd that can do like has super internet superpowers. Like he can do whatever he wants uh, on the internet, including like change flights and and stupid stuff that you like would never happen. Um, but like their relationship together is almost symbiotic. It's, it's really cool. Like just to see the two of them interact but yeah so then um jake really doesn't know what's happened to ian so they jake's all ready to go on (laughs) this trip with ally back home and they're basically at this kind of like college party slash mixer and then eddie and the boys show up (laughs) And they're done talking now. And <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty sure they use that exact quote <laughs> that we're done talking. And then the next thing you know, Jake is in the middle of a desert dressed as Santa Claus. Yeah. And I, I didn't watch a trailer or anything going into this movie. I had no idea what the movie was even about. Um, when when he wakes up and he's in the middle of the desert with a Santa outfit and it's glued to his body, I was like, Oh snap! Like the, this, this entire movie just completely ninety degree turns. Like I, I couldn't believe it. I was just like, "Wow! Like this is cool." <laughs> yeah, and so he's literally in the middle of the desert, like you said, with his hat glued and the beard <laughs> glued, and he has no idea where he is. And he literally starts walking, and he gets chased by this tumbleweed oh yeah and a buzzard <laughs> yeah and then he finally ends up at a gas station and then i feel like the hilarity just kind of ensues from that point dude it's it's a wild ride after that like it, i wouldn't say i wouldn't call the first 20 minutes of the movie slow it's 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 uh i don't think it's slow at all it's it's actually very um uh, it's it's giving in twenty minutes time, which is actually relatively short. It's 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 teaching you a lot of information. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's just constantly downloading details about the, all the, who all these characters are and setting them up, and then it just it just takes that top and it just spins it for the rest of the film. Yeah. Um, and I, I was actually I was kind of amazed by how the structure of the film actually kind of works. Like I, I didn't expect it to, and it did. So mm-hmm. and so. The- the first people he encounters is, which, I mean, this is kind of like one of my only experiences with Tom Jones, which I I know the song that they sing, uh-huh. but uh-huh, he yeah. literally encounters these four elderly ladies who are on their way to Vegas yeah. to see Tom Jones. And he's, I mean... <laughs> The Tom Jones girls. Yeah. And so he hops in the car with them and he's literally like sandwiched in the back seat with these two elderly ladies. And they're, I mean, he's like, I'll ride with you. And he's like, do you have what's new pussycat? <laughs> and they're, and then they just start playing the song and 
then one of the <laughs> the scenes where it ends the trip, one of the ladies, her dentures falls out and they're just like to Jake, well, you just need to wedge them back in. <laughs> and then she spills, the other lady spills like pickle juice on him. Yeah. And then he ends up throwing up, which you don't see him throw up, but he ends up throwing up in her seat and then they end up getting rid of Jake. So the you've seen the Christmas movie where um like it's it's a wonderful life or um a Christmas carol or something like that where there's a humbug kind of character you know a guy that's broken in his ways like it's just not a good a good character becomes a good character by the end of the film because of Christmas right like like something mm-hmm. happens to him and like he like he has a total 180 and rethinks his life right it's that movie that you've seen before but a comedy yeah, and, and and the the humor of the movie comes from this guy who's never who's who's cheated his way through life. Like his entire life has been a, a one big scam, mm-hmm. and um, now is being forced to like hitchhike with old women yeah. uh, while he's again in a Santa suit for the entire film. He's in, he's in the Santa suit basically. Um, we'll we'll get to some of the other you know hitchhiking and weird things that he, scenarios that he gets himself into, but they're all basically set up to basically make him look like a total buffoon, and it it is so great. It works every single time. It's yeah. really funny. But I mean, and then so now he's and and just when you think that he's he he has come up with another scheme that's actually going to work it fails and it fails hard. Like, yeah. I mean, there is some like big, like face in the mud moments for mm-hmm. him and it's, it's always entertaining. And so then he's literally once again, now he's on the highway just walking. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, he's not going to catch a break this time. And then all of a sudden you see this minivan coming his way <laughs> and he's thinking he's doing the whole hitchhiking thing. And, He's thinking maybe this guy's going to pick him up. And then, no, this guy literally is almost going to run him off the side of the road because you <laughs> see this guy and and he's eating his cheeseburger and then part of the cheeseburger <laughs> falls down. So he starts uh, to pick it up and then all of a sudden he starts coming towards Jake and then he thinks he's hit him. And he's like, oh, no, I think I just ran over Santa Claus. <laughs> and then Jake's just like lying in the ditch. <laughs> and then we're introduced to uh, Nolan. Nolan was my, one of my favorite characters in the entire movie. I, I thought he was great. Like, he's he's essentially stolen. Like, he just, I don't know, he just got off, like, you know, the uh, a thief's biggest heist. And has a truck, like a, a it's a, like a moving truck. No, not a, it's like a big van. Yeah. Um, full like a, like a ten passenger van, <laughs> van kind of thing, full of just electronics. I mean, just he he raided a Best Buy basically. Yep. And um, and <laughs> he's really funny. Like the actor, I think, is just really good in, in his delivery, just in his own right. But all the antics and the conversations that they get into, and how like they get pulled over by the cops and everything, it just gets. It is, it is kind of plain strings in automobiles where it's like just when you think it couldn't get any worse, it does. Um, but it's um, it's just very endearing. I, I think the whole time I'm just like I'm just grinning from ear to ear as opposed to like cringing. You know, like it's it's yeah. just it's I'm enjoying the ride as I'm watching it as opposed to you know feeling awkward. So yeah. So he hops in with Nolan, 
because Nolan's headed east. And uh, then he finds out... Um, Dude, the, the, the scene where he's he, where he's like, let me handle the cop. The cop comes to his window and, but, and he, he just keeps awkwardly saying ho, 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 like in the, but, <laughs> throughout but, the conversation. But the best part leading up to that <laughs> is he's like, the cop turns on his light and he's like, please don't tell me all this stuff in the back is stolen. I won't if you don't want me to. <laughs> and he was like, what's he say? His quote from his dad. Um, my father said, it's better to to go to the. It's better to go up in flames than go to the slammer. <laughs> and he just takes off, and then all. Then he finally. Oh, I remember how it ends up. They end up seeing Allie, and so they're chasing after her. Oh yeah. And by the way, that that it's hard to slam this movie too hard because it, it's not trying to be like Shakespeare, but, but like every time that they just happen to see them on the road, it happens several times throughout the movie. You're just like, all right, that's a little convenient, but um, I can forgive it just cause it's a silly movie. But so then they end up switching spots and Jake's now the driver and he comes up with this bogus story that he's headed to the next town to give christmas presents to to the children at the children's hospital (laughs) so then um he's hoping the cop will just leave him alone and they can just go on their way but then the cop's just like you know my shift ends (laughs) and i'd really like to see the faces on those kids so he escorts him all the way to the children's hospital (laughs) and then and you think it's over at that point it's like okay well you know we'll just wait for him to leave and then we'll get back on the road yep but then he's like oh you know what i, I just want to see the face of the of those kids when you give them their presents he yeah. goes in, with, in there with them and so then i mean it is it's pretty humorous but then you get to the other kid who esteban who he just wants to see his family for christmas and it's one of those heartwarming moments. Yeah. But like before that, you're getting all these like appliances that these kids like this kid gets a toaster that can hold up to four bagels. <laughs> and you're just like <laughs> I mean, I know he just robbed an appliance store, but it's just like what do you think these kids are thinking <laughs> right now? Oh yeah. I'm I'm in the hospital and I want a toaster that can toast four bagels. <laughs> it has a the humor has a little bit of an air of um, Dumb and Dumber. To yeah, it, I think especially in this kind of scene, and um, it's I, I think hilarious. So then, um, of course, we get to Esteban, which I feel like he's kind of the beginning of Jake really realizing the true meaning of Christmas, right? And. This kid is in the hospital, doesn't get to see his family much, and all he wants for Christmas, he doesn't want the gift that they have, and all he wants is just to be with his family. And so um, that's where it leads us to where Nolan, he's ready to go back west, so now Jake needs another ride. Right. But now the cop... Uh, he wants to go win back his woman, Marjorie. Dude, the, the pacing of this movie is perfect. Like uh, it's just when you know Nolan 
uh, comes into the picture and then goes out of the picture. He's it's immediately followed up by a character that we just got a little bit of information of now becoming the main character to yeah. Jake. It's 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 great. So then, um, <laughs> he's just like that. He wants to win back his woman and. Jake's just like, well, why is this my problem? And then he mentions that his woman's in Nebraska, and Jake's like, of course I'll help you. Because it's <laughs> just... Ever, ever, ever seen was nothing to do with this yeah. guy. And then he finds out that he's going east. He's like, oh, "What? Do you, uh, you can't just leave her. <laughs> so they pull up to this. I don't even know how to describe this. It's like this barnyard... It's called restaurant. The, it's called the Turf and Turf. Yeah, restaurant. So, <laughs> and his wife's working as a waitress. And, um, j- the hilarity <laughs> ensues as they try and win Marjorie back with, through song. Yeah, they they sing, um, "Oh Marjorie, Oh Marjorie, I really need you home." Yep. <laughs> it, it's it's yeah, it's about as bad as I just sang it. Yeah. So then. Uh, we're kind of rambling about this. <laughs> the cows start mooing while they're singing. It's yeah. really bad. Like they, he gets, I forget, uh, some traveling bands that come in and yep. accompany them. It's, it's like the, the most terrible apology you've ever seen in your life. And it somehow works. <laughs> like, so then she ends up coming back to the police officer and they end up buying Jake a bus ticket home. And so, but this movie would not be fun without other stipulations. Uh-huh. And so um, Jake is literally getting ready to board a bus to head home. And then he sees Eddie and Allie on TV. <laughs> and he decides that he's going to win his woman back. And uh, Eddie and Allie are literally staying at this Dutch uh hotel and it's just like what on earth and then he sees them kissing under the mistletoe so now he he's trying to figure out how he can get to iowa and he basically (laughs) commandeers this bus and oh my and he cooks up this scheme which we've already talked about him being a scam artist yeah he cooks up this scheme that some girl named Allie needs a uh kidney transplant That's or so a, good. as a heart it's like a liver or something yeah something like that and he cooks up the scheme that she she needs <laughs> it to be delivered to edelbrook and they finally convince the guy to- he convinces the whole bus yeah and the, like the bus the bus driver is like i'm not stopping this bus for anything and until <laughs> literally the whole bus is chanting edelbrook edelbrook like over and over again and so, yeah, he's, then they divert the bus. And he's literally like, we're not going to Adelbrook because you guys want to, but because I say so. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, my goodness. This movie's really silly, but it it totally works, man. It's it's The payoff is really good. So then Jake ends up confronting Eddie and Allie, and you think he's finally going to catch his break. But then his bus... She decides that Eddie and Jake are made for each other. Yeah. Because his whole plot about him getting the car is going to, it has been revealed now. So Allie's just done. So she hops on the bus and then 
she hears about the whole scheme about him, <laughs> him, him and the transplant. And so then Jake is once again without a ride. And this time he gets help from an unlikely character, an <laughs> Eddie. Yeah, which doesn't last very long. They're only in the car together for just a few miles. But... Because Eddie decides he doesn't want Jake to be cooler than him. Yeah. <laughs> so he literally drops him off. And then this is where probably one of my f- more favorite parts there literally he gets dropped off in a community where there's a 5k santa run yeah and you literally have to be in your costume which and, he is and have a beard and hat <laughs> and you're running a 5k and it's ten thousand dollars to the winner yep and so if jake wins this he's obviously going to go home and there's this Kenyan in the race. So if anybody knows anything about Kenyans, they're good runners. And so him and this other guy who ends up paying for his entry fee, um, they're keeping pace with the guy, but then the Kenyan kind of pulls away. But then he runs into this sign and it wipes out. So Jake and this guy are competing. And then we get like, this. Literally every other Santa gets like taken out yeah. during the race. So then we get the um, song. Isn't it Santa Claus is coming to town? Yeah, that's, that's probably right. And so then Jake ends up winning. No, it's Run Rudolph. Run. Oh, yeah. that's it. And so then Jake ends up winning the $10,000. It's like a photo finish. Like it, it like zooms in. Yeah. So then... He's on his way to the airport. He's got his money, and he's you finally think he's going to get go home. But then the uh, taxi driver says, hey, you're the kid that beat Mayor Wilson in the race. And he's like, oh, he's the mayor? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, a lot of us wish he would, he would have won because he gives all of his money to families in need. <laughs> and Jake's just like, I can't catch a break. Yeah. And so then Jake ends up bringing the money to Mayor Wilson and giving it to him. And once again, I feel like it's another moment where Jake really is starting to feel the true meaning of Christmas. That 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 moment where he just gives the $10,000 to the families that actually need it uh, to buy toys or whatever or food. I think it's food. Um was like the first moment where I was like, okay, he's actually changing now. Like this, yeah. he's becoming a new person. So then, um, he's once again, kind of out of luck where he doesn't know what he's going to do. So then, um, he calls his sister Tracy and he's basically telling her, you know, there's no way I can make it home. And Tracy's like, you must really be desperate. And I mean, so then they c- concoct another scheme where she's going to transfer money so he can get a ticket to go home. But then, of course, he needs identification. <laughs> so he has no way to prove who he is. <laughs> and so he sneaks on to... By the way, this is this movie definitely came out before 9-11. Like yep. it's, the security is not really much of a thing. <laughs> so he literally sneaks on to the plane into the cargo area where he shares a kennel with Ringo. Yes. And flies the rest of the way with Ringo. He's just being humbled at every every corner, yeah. like on this trip. And so then 
he goes on his trip with Ringo and finally has made it to New York. But now he has no way to get to his house. <laughs> so what happens next, Phil? Um, well, he, he gets on the transit train. He doesn't have a ticket. He gets kicked <laughs> off. Then he's just like, I'm just going to start running for it because he's pretty close to home. So he um, is like going through, running through traffic and stuff like that. And he ends up jumping onto the roof of a random car that's going down the road. And at this point, I'm like, how many illegal activities has this guy performed <laughs> during the course of this movie? Like, uh, it's pretty amazing. They kind of just as getting started <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, he comes across a, a Christmas parade, which, by the way, what town does a, a Christmas parade on Christmas Eve? Like, <laughs> I thought that was kind of silly, but um, he steals a, a sleigh with horses. Now he's really getting into criminal activity. Uh, and, um, wow, he's like, it just immediately knows how to drive a sleigh <laughs> with this college kid. Uh, with, uh, anyways, suspend some disbelief a little bit. Um, gets to Allie's house and she forgives him. Yep. And, then you truly see the moment where Jake officially has changed and they pull up to his house. They're on time. And he's like, just wait. And they wait one minute past the deadline time and then he walks in. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, at, at that point, it's just, he's doing it because he wants to. Yeah. Like it's not, you know, it's to get a payoff or whatever. And so... so his dad offers him the car and he says that he didn't uh, do the end of the bargain. And so then he's going to come home for Christmas more often to fix her up some more. Um, Grant, I, I want to officially thank you for introducing this movie to me. I, I really mean that. Uh, if you go on like Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb and stuff like that, this movie's not very highly rated. Like if you're a serious critic, you, you probably didn't like this movie. Um, I think it's like at the time of this recording, I think it's like a 20, it's 20 something. I can't remember if it's 23 or 24% on Rotten Tomatoes, maybe, maybe 27 at the highest. Um, it's not very highly reviewed. But this, I'm not joking, Grant. I'm not joking, listeners. This is going to be my new regular rotation. At, like maybe not every year, but like every couple of years for sure. I'm probably going to be watching this movie. Yeah, I, I was surprised by how fun it was. I feel like with this one, if you're looking for one to replace Home Alone, like if Home Alone's not clean enough for your kids. Yeah. I feel like this is a good replacement. Yeah, no, that's that's good. That's a good thought. Yeah, it's I would say the only thing that would keep it um like a very young child from under I mean understanding really the movie is um some of the romance, the college romance um, mm. that's going on like I think it's going to I mean it would be completely over the head of my 5-year-old. Yeah. Um but you're you're right. There's not um for a movie that came to theaters, it's surprisingly clean. Like there's not a whole lot of like offensive stuff that's happening in the movie. Um except, you know, I guess getting away with crime or whatever. But I, like there's nothing that's like uh, egregious in this in this film. Um, the soundtrack is really good. Like there's, it's a, it's a Christmas movie. So obviously you kind of know what you're going to get as far as genre, but it's, it's really good renditions of popular Christmas songs. So songs you've heard every year, your whole entire life growing up, but renditions you've never heard before. Mm -hmm. Um, and some of the renditions are really, really good. So 
it, this movie's not going to win an Oscar. <laughs> it was never destined to get any awards, probably. But it's surprisingly funny. Um, I'm a little surprised it didn't do better at the box office. It mm-hmm. must have just been against some really stiff competition, is my guess. But the acting's really good, at least from the main characters. It, it definitely is. Um, Jessica, we didn't mention it's Jessica Biel is is the girl. Um, she's gorgeous in this movie and just like a really um, feisty kind of female character that I really enjoyed. Um, it's this movie's great. I, I I honestly would recommend this to anyone that that is looking for a don't you know doesn't take itself seriously you know, just silly, you know, romp of a Christmas movie. Um, to me, it's not, I mean, uh, you think of like Christmas vacation, that movie's mm. hilarious to me, but it's also very like adult. Oh like, yeah, there's for sure. A lot of offensive stuff in that movie. Um, this is, you know, kind of equivalent to that. It's just silly antics and, and memorable funny scenes without the crassness that you get with Christmas mm-hmm. vacation. It's, it's great. I, I think it is a movie that is, awesome for families that just want to have a laugh at Christmas. So, um, yeah, I will definitely be watching this, um, in years to come. I, it's, it came out, uh, at the time of this recording 23 years ago. And I'm, I'm just shocked that I just never saw it. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor Thomas is brilliant in this movie. He's really, really good. Yep. He does a great job. Cool. Um, I will get to making a black widow, making of what if at some point I keep tabling it cause we're having some longer episodes, which is fine. But, um, I'll, I'll probably talk about those in the, in the new year sometime. By the way, if you just want like a very quick review, watch, watch them both. They're both, they're both really good. I, I think what if is a little less interesting. Um, but the making a black widow is like phenomenal. So, but I'll, I'll talk about that, uh, here in another week or two. Um, let's wrap up the show with, uh, what's new on Disney plus. Um, We'll kind of skip over what came out to Disney Plus. It, it, as you're listening to this, you probably already have watched those uh, those new things that dropped. So we'll talk about what's uh, coming up. Um, this is for the week of Christmas, uh, Wednesday, December 22nd. And um, I don't know if they have anything released on Christmas Eve. We'll, we'll they do. Okay. And Kanto. Oh, what? Oh, yeah, I did see that. Dude. Okay. Yeah, we'll get there in a second. But like, see Encanto. Everyone within the, the sound of my voice I'm telling you, watch that movie. I, I don't care if you don't like musicals. I don't care if you don't watch animated. Watch Encanto. It is really great. Um, it's a great f- family story to watch with your family on Christmas Eve. Um, it's not a Christmas movie, but it is a great family movie, and it is a great, very unique story. I've, I, I guarantee, I mean, I've not seen like every movie that's ever been made in the universe. I'm just saying, I've never seen anything like this, and I'm saying you probably haven't either. So, um, yeah, that, that movie is f- fantastic. I'm glad that one's coming out. Um, okay. So Wednesday, December 22nd, obviously Hawkeye episode six, uh, finale. We're, we're very excited to see what happens there. Uh, and Oh, this is the only other thing on Wednesday of this week. Uh, Minnie's bow tunes, party palace pals, uh, five episodes. I'm sure Grant will be very oh, excited to watch. Yeah. Those. You know it, Phil. <laughs> uh, and then, um, Encanto, a gorgeous, gorgeous film. I, it is stunning to look at. Um, the songs are all Lin Manuel Miranda, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, but and yet, it's not. Uh, it's more as you would guess, you know, by the um, you know the the makeup of the characters. It's more Latino uh, music, kind of inspired, as opposed to like rap. Um, if you've seen Hamilton and stuff like that, so um, it it just feels perfect uh, in the movie. It's all really, really good songs and. Um, 
uh, Mirabelle, the the main character, I think is is a legit, instantly likable character. I, I I think just from the first five minutes you spend with her, you just you just want to be your best friend. So, uh, Encanto, I I don't care if you don't even have kids. Grant, you and Caitlin need to watch this movie. It's great. Um, okay, uh, so that's coming out on Friday, uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, also for Christmas Eve is King Tut in color. Um, so this is Oxford University Egyptologist Elizabeth Frood is our guide to the discovery of the tomb on November 4th, 1922. So this is basically them discovering King Tut's tomb a um, hundred years ago, basically. So that looks cool. Um, it's uh, I'm assuming it's called King Tut in color because like it probably originally aired in black and white and they've either colorized it or whatever. So um, pretty cool. Um, Lost Tombs of the Pyramids. So if you didn't get enough uh, pyramid <laughs> talk, you can also watch Lost Tombs of the Pyramids. A secret ex- excavation site reveals new details about the missing pyramid pharaohs. Uh, then Wonderful World of Disney Magical Holiday Celebration. Uh, this I think they do this every year. This is like um, at the Disney parks. They have like uh, popular performers come out and sing uh, Christmas songs and stuff like that. So... Um, so yeah, they have a couple hosts and I'm sure lots of performances. So um, if you're looking for some music, that's probably one, one to watch. Um, a very boy band holiday. Did I hear Caitlin talking about this the other day? Probably. Was it? This is probably on ABC. Yeah, it probably is. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it, it was it was on television recently. Mm-hmm. So th- I was talking with Caitlin the other day about uh, holiday specials that come out. So one that we always watch as our family, which I think we've watched almost all of them, maybe all of them are the M- Michael Bublé uh, Christmas specials. They're great. Um, he's phenomenal, obviously to watch and listen to. They're funny. He incorporates like Muppets and you know, this year he had um, Kermit on the show to sing and do out with him. Like it's just, it's great for the family to watch, but there's all these other ones too. Well, this year, one of them was a boy band holiday special and i didn't i don't even know who the boy band is um it doesn't say in this write-up that i have in front of me it i think this was on television as one of the many christmas specials that you can watch with your family and i guess it's coming to disney plus so uh, if you're into boy bands holiday music check that one out on christmas eve uh there's a short called uh, far from the tree uh, it's an animated short and that's it okay so, phil shorter uh Shorter release uh, this week, but I don't think that's a surprise on uh, the week of Christmas. There's enough going on. Um, Obviously, the two uh, for me is going to be Hawkeye. And then I'm not going to lie. Grant, I know I've talked this movie up a lot. I might see Encanto again this week. Like, it's it's that good. So um, are you going to watch Encanto? Please tell me yes. Maybe eventually. (laughs) You guys are going to be busy with holiday stuff this week. And I also want to see Ron's Gone Wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that came out uh, to Disney Plus a couple weeks ago. Yep. Yeah. we Or last week. So uh, Jordan watched that movie while I was in, around the house. Like I was getting some stuff done. And I, th- I think I watched like 10 minutes of it. And it looks intri- like it looks good. I, I was actually pretty intrigued by it. So she she's five so she likes everything yeah <laughs> everything she watches is, is her favorite movie so it's not a surprise that she finished the movie and i said D- did you like that she said yeah i loved it um but um i don't know it, it probably is legitimately good yeah from what i saw so 
All right. Um, I think that's wraps up for this a uh, little bit longer episode of Disney Plus Reviews. Uh, let us know what you want to hear about on this podcast or send us your own review. Um, you know, something like Buddies, the Buddies films, uh, something you've watched on Disney Plus. We'd love to include you in the show. Uh, you can send us an email at DisneyPlusReviews at Hotmail.com. And that's P-L-U-S, not the, the symbol, but Disney P-L-U-S reviews at Hotmail.com. Uh, we will be back uh, next week. I think we're just going to center in on just the finale of yep. Hawkeye. There'll be a lot to talk about there and maybe some other things that we watched on Disney Plus during the, uh, the Christmas week. And um, and then in two weeks, we'll be back for uh, Book of Boba Fett. You can, um, you can bet that we'll talk uh, certainly about the, the premiere episode, maybe every episode. It just depends on the intrigue of the show, I think. Um, I, I'm going to be super excited to talk about it. So, uh, in a couple weeks, we'll definitely cover the premiere and then kind of go from there and see if, uh, if we want to cover the rest of the episodes as well. Um, and then here probably in a few weeks, we'll get to Enchanted at some point. I'm, I'm actually really eager to see that movie again. So, um, we'll talk to you next time for Hawkeye.